Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Zach Efron, and you're listening to The Stupid Cancer Show. I hate you both. I've hated you ever since I can remember. I hate you, and I wish you both had cancer. Cancer? Yes, in the head. <laughs> You built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mundus. Because he has a lot of chutzpah. <laughs> Hello there, children. Hey, hey, kids. <laughs> People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. And now, the hosts of the Stupid Cancer Show, Lisa Bernhard and Matthew Zachary. Woohoo! Monday, May 14, 2012, and welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, The Voice of Young Adult Cancer. I'm Matthew Zachary, a 16-year young adult survivor of pediatric brain cancer. I'm Kenny Kane, stepping in for the lovely Lisa Bernhard, VP Operations. And we are your hosts for The Stupid, Stupid Cancer, cancer show. show. It's not okay that 72,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer every year, one every eight minutes. Uh, got cancer under 40 sucks, huh? Time to get busy living, folks. Because The Stupid Cancer Show is changing the world. One chemo infusion at a time. Tonight's show, Hyundai Hope on Wheels. We have Survivor Spotlight, C.J. George, Pediatric Cancer Survivor Stage 3, A.L.L., National Youth Ambassador for, for the 2012-2013 Hyundai Hope on Wheels. Zafar Brooks, Director of Corporate Social Responsibility at Hyundai Motor America, Program Director for Hyundai Hope on Wheels, and the one, the only, Dr. Leonard Sender, Medical Director, Hyundai Cancer Institute, Division Chief of Pediatric Oncology at CHOC, Children's Hospital in Orange, and Board Chair of Stupid Cancer. Reminder, the Stupid Cancer Show was a production of the... Uh I'm too young for this cancer foundation now known as Stupid Cancer. Is that what we are? Yes. Online at stupidcancer.org, 24 7, 365. We are not your father's cancer society, but we are bringing the cause of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight where it belongs. So, welcome aboard another fun and exciting romp today on tonight's Stupid Cancer Show, where remission is not a cure and survivorship is all that matters. And a stupid cancer welcome to any and all of our first time listeners here on the Blog Talk Radio Network and on iTunes as we broadcast live from the Chemo Deck, our fabulous studio in downtown Manhattan. As a final reminder, the Stupid Cancer Show has a live interactive chat room. During each and every broadcast, we invite you to join in the fun and connect with our friends and ask questions of our guests. And with that, our self-ingratiating round of applause. Yay. Now, um, we, we, we have a special early guest. Um, apparently, Lisa Bernhard was, was uh, eaten by an alligator um, she was. in North Carolina. But she's calling us from the hospital room. Uh, she's limbless, and Wendy is holding the phone to her head. Lisa, you're with us. My, yes, I am. They're showing one of my limbs back on right now. Okay. 
No, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm a goddamn cancer survivor. There you go. Don't that you, know you are. That? Yes. Uh, no, I've, I have all my limbs, and I've uh, had a tasty meal here on the coast of North Carolina, and I'm happy to be with you all. So you ate the alligator that nearly tried to kill you. <laughs> it, right. It bit me, and I bit it back. Nice. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's North Carolina. That's the way they do things. Isn't here. that uh, wasn't there some controversy recently in North Carolina? Yeah, we Carolina? don't like North Carolina anymore. A little bit of a vote that took place down here, which some of us are not too pleased about. Right. But yes. Uh, One step backwards, two lo- steps backwards. <laughs> Four <laughs> steps backwards. Right. Yeah, but there are some lovely folks down here, and I am happy to say that I'm among them. So good. Here we are. Just a few. You're in a safe zone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I want to mention um, we have uh, two sponsors to thank for tonight's broadcast. We'd like to thank uh, Amgen and Spencer's. Spencer'sOnline.com and Amgen, two of our proud sponsors of tonight's Stupid Cancer Show. Big round of applause. Big round of applause to those guys. They get. We like our sponsors. We need more sponsors. Definitely. Not North Carolina. No. We will we will decline North Carolina being a sponsor. Next week we're going to broadcast to 49 states. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yes. No, we'll we'll just bring back Guam. We'll just make them a state. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we have another special guest live in studio. One of the things that Stupid Cancerers have the privilege of is working with some amazingly uh, intelligent college uh, master's degree students uh, from different universities around the country. We, we work with us. Um, University of Washington, um, and we work with uh, University of uh, Texas at Austin, and we work with NYU here in New York. Uh, NYU uh, has a program, and uh, Dr. Uh, Robert Nottlemeyer, brilliant Dr. Robert Nottlemeyer, who I know listens to the show, so props to you, Bob, um, has uh, been working with Kenny and I for the last two years. Each semester, his grad student class chooses stupid cancer as its project. To get a degree, so we hold them, but like we're between like going home at night. Yeah, <laughs> we're standing between them and graduating. They keep coming back for more. They torture. do. So, um, the year before we started working with Bob and his class, um, a young woman who graduated named Thea Linscott uh, was there. Unfortunately, didn't know her at the time because we missed her by a year. But uh, Professor Nodelmeyer mentioned us to her and. She came by to visit. She's living in Long Island near Kenny because everything in Long Island right, is, it's, it's, is next it's, to each other yeah, in my brain. Apart. But welcome to the show, Thea Linscott. Thank you guys so much. It's great to be here. So, um, so what's your story? You're you're a brilliant young mind of tomorrow. You're like you, you remind me of Kenny because you have all this wealth of experience at such an early age. Um, what's your story? Where where what's going on? Well, what brought me to you guys as a cancer survivor is I had lymphoma at 16, uh, diagnosed early on, stage one, thankfully. And after five second opinions, we decided to go with Schneider's Children's Hospital at Only Long Island. Well, hello. Wouldn't that be a third, fourth, and a fifth opinion though? No, five seconds. Five seconds first. Okay. It's like, it's like Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. I have five seconds. Exactly. <laughs> Very nice. Keep going. Well, you'll meet my parents one day. You'll understand. Um, oh boy. And then, yep. And as a family disease, we decided to go ahead with treatment and knock on wood and everything else. Thirteen years later, it's super fantastic living life. You're not supposed to tell your age. I didn't. Thirteen years post-treatment. There you go. So assuming you were diagnosed at 16 and you had negative 10 years of treatment. Come on. (laughs) You're really 13. (laughs) No, I'm 30 and proud. Fantastic. 
and I learned about you guys through NYU and the amazing work they've been doing with you, and I'm happy to be here. So what was your degree in? Public Relations and Corporate Communications, Master of Science, and I did my undergrad at Hofstra also in Public Relations. So you, like Kenny and Lisa, are underachievers? Totally. Okay. And yes. if, we, if we blow something up, we can call her yes. for the crisis communication. I'm That's really right. good at that. Okay. You say you're sorry. Is that it? Uh-huh. This is a first, Matt. <laughs> Lisa, did you ever do corporate uh, crisis communications? I probably should have, but no, I never do crisis communications. All right, I, well, now we have a go-to. Yeah. So, so you know, you ever get the, but you look great. Are you feeling okay, even 16 years later? Totally. Yeah. Uh, you decide, I guess, at some point when you bring up the cancer card, right. so to speak. Um, I guess less and less people know now, and when they do hear it, they're shocked and dismayed. Right. And I often start the story saying that I wouldn't change a thing. This is exactly who I am because of what happened to me then and right. hope to live it out forever. Um, and I also think it's important that people understand that when you do go through something like that, it's not something that you can turn on and off. That's right. something that you carry. So it's important that we keep doing that. So do you have any late effects? I mean, I was diagnosed in 95 with you, same year. Actually, Lisa, too. Lisa, you 95 That's or 96? Right. That 95. 395s. Wow. That's pretty cool. We start our own club right now. Go. That is. Class of 95. Class of 95. Um, Long-term side effects are probably going to be hormonal forever, and really they won't know until I start my childbearing years, which hasn't happened yet. There's a few things that have to oh, happen Oh, you're in your childbearing years already. You just <laughs> There's haven't... things that need to happen prior to okay. that for me personally. Though. <laughs> um, Get off Long like Island. Like ring and house and, you know, right. things like that. Um, so until that happens, we probably won't know. But, you know, um, three years ago, I was told I don't have to go to the oncologist anymore, which is Ooh, kind of amazing. That gets one of these. Congratulations. And it was the day that Obama got sworn in. So I watched him be sworn in, and then I was told I don't have to go there anymore. Well done. So you're you're voting for him again this fall? Well, just because of that, right? right. If they, only because reason. of that. If only because of that, and not North Carolina. No. All right, so let's get into some Long Island-specific stuff. Do you subscribe to the fact that we grew up on this toxic waste dump, as Matthew affectionately calls it, and do you think that that had anything to do with It's a toxic waste dump that looks like a poop. Um, I think that environment does have a lot to do with where you, what happens to you in life. I also think that it's interesting that someone in my bedroom prior to me living there also had had cancer. Wow. So, wow. Yeah, and I, you know, my family being due diligent had the water tested and the grounds and the paints, and I think we even had, like, paints under paint tested. Wow. Yeah, we were those people that brought every specialist in. And, nice. Um, all of that came back negative, but I do think that cancer is something that it's environmental and genetic, regardless of what studies say, because there has to be the perfect storm for these cells to right. manifest. So. Yes, uh, Long Island definitely is a cesspool of disease when people start talking. I, I, I blame my freckles on Long Island. <laughs> you should. <laughs> and fair skin. Well, we're excited to have you here. Thank Apparently you you're not going anywhere because you're you're uh, you're finding yourself yes. these days, which is a kind of cool thing to do. Absolutely. And you're, I love being... In between careers. Yeah, that works. But you're very smart, great skills, great resume, and, and 16 years. That's amazing. Thank you. Well, let's kick it off, get uh, things started here with our... First, uh, with our first guest, C.J. George, who's 13 years old. 
very mature for his age. Thirteen, was diagnosed with stage three acute lymphoblastic leukemia (ALL) at the age of nine, and was treated at Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital in Hollywood, Florida. Now in remission, which is awesome. CJ is back to living a normal childhood and sharing his courageous story across the country with Hyundai Hope on Wheels. It is a pleasure to welcome to the Super Camp Show the one and only CJ George. CJ, you with us? Yeah, I'm here. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing really great. We're really happy to have you on the show. I'm happy to be here. Have you done a lot of radio? Um, no, I haven't done any radio. So this is your first radio? I think it's my first. You want to sing? It's got... No, I'm okay. <laughs> CJ, you have a fantastic voice. Thank you. I think you have a big career in radio ahead of you. Awesome. <laughs> so let's 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 get started right away. Let's start about you know you were diagnosed with ALL at the age of nine. That's not okay. Yes, acute lymphoblastic lymphoma, and it was stage three. I was only nine years old too then. Do you remember, did you have any itching or some bruises or some bumps? How was it, uh, how did you find out? Well, I actually had a lot of back pain that was really persistent and would go on and off and I'd wake up in the middle of the night with it. So my family took me out to the doctor to get checked and that's how we found out. Was so the you doctor... must have had a lot of, yeah, had a lot of blood tests at the times and things like that? No, they didn't find it for a while. They did a bunch of different tests, but they didn't find it until they did an MRI, and that's when it showed that I had tumors wrapped around my spine. Well, wow. that's never fun. Um, up until that point, though, did, did these uh, pains in your back just start spontaneously, or how, how many months went on before, I guess, you went to the right doctors? I think it was about six months. It was a while, and um, the back pain just kept on getting worse and worse and worse. So did did it make you feel any better that you were actually diagnosed with something, that there really was something actually wrong with you? Yeah, it did because I felt like I could have a treatment and do something to help it and help me get better. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have an older sister and two younger brothers. Wow, one of four. Yes. Proud parents. That's pretty cool. And CJ, how were your how were your brothers and sisters when you were going through that? Were they able to understand exactly what you were going through? Yeah, my siblings are great for it, and they they meant a lot to me. They'd come to the hospital and visit me and cheer me up, and it was really great to have them. That's great. So what were you doing at the age of, like, nine? You were in, uh, what's what nine? Nine is about, uh, like... Fourth grade? Fourth grade, fifth grade? I think it's, like, third grade. Third grade. Um, third grade. Yeah. We're really um, old. When we were nine, <laughs> we were in, like, high school, so... <laughs> Yeah, I think I was playing baseball then. I've always been really into sports, but um, that all had to stop once I was finally diagnosed. Now, Joe DiMaggio's hospital, were you, did, was that the first place you went, or did you have a regular pediatrician that you saw at the time who sent you over to Joe DiMaggio? Yeah, I had a pediatrician, and he was actually the one that really made it happen and got me the MRI that that led me to Joe DiMaggio. So tell us about the hospital. Is it, is it a nice place? It's an awesome place. I love it. They have a pool? <laughs> I wish. All right, they then it have, could be awesomer. No, but they have a, a really awesome nurses, so. Yeah? Yeah. So, CJ, tell us about the stuff that you like to do, because you, you said that you played baseball, but since you um, since then you're now able to live a normal life. You like to play hockey? 
Yeah, I love hockey. That was actually a goal that I set when um I was in treatment because I would go to Panthers games because it was a cold environment and I was able to go there. And I'd see them play hockey and you're like, I want to get through this so that I can be able to play hockey. So this is my second season and I've been playing for a while and I love it. That's great. So you said it, it was a cool environment? You mean being at the rink and that's why it yeah. was good for you to go there? Yeah, it was like the ice made it cold, so that would, um, I guess, kill all the germs. So my parents were okay with me going to hockey games, and um, I got to see the Panthers play, and that's what really led me into it. I did not know that being in a – I didn't know that. Did you, Matthew, that being in a cool environment like that would be helpful? I don't play sports. No? (laughs) And you don't don't go in a lot of meat lockers, Matthew? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm a musician. We don't play sports. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, I hear I read, I'm seeing here that you you raised some money for Joe DiMaggio with, with uh, by partnering with a local Denny's. Well, for my birthday, um, I raised money for cancer by having my birthday at a Denny's event, and I invited people to come and have um, dinner there and donate that money to um, childhood cancer. Very impressive. How many people wound up coming? A lot, more than I can count. Really. <laughs> Well, you yeah. can count to 20, because they have, like, five pink limbs on each. Never mind. Bad joke. Um, <laughs> by the way, when you get to college, you're going to love Denny's more than you could possibly imagine right now. <laughs> so, how, did uh, you get so, how did you get so mature, though? We're talking to a you're – you're 13 now? Yes, I'm 13. Okay. So you're incredibly smart and incredibly well-spoken. Sm- how did that happen, CJ? Well, I'm homeschooled, and I think being diagnosed with cancer and hearing all the big words and all the things the doctors were talking about, I was kind of first forced to mature and forced to understand what's going on and, um, you know, step up and mature. That's an excellent point. You kind of had no choice right then and there. Yeah, I didn't. So were there other children? How many other children were on the floor with you while you were uh, being treated there? And did you were you in the hospital for a couple of weeks or a couple of months? I was in the hospital for a while, a couple of weeks, and um, that actually really surprised me because I was seeing all these other kids going through the same exact thing as me, and it really meant a lot to me. And what was really cool was when I saw kids that were like coming in for their one year checkup, and I'm like, they're done, they beat this, I can do it too. That, yeah, but it was, there was also the kids that didn't make it, and that was also important for me to see, too. And now that I'm through treatment, I want to be that same, like, example for the other kids and show them that they can beat it, too. So you when, when was your 13th birthday? April 5th. All right, so, and, and when were you, uh, so you're actually officially four years out right now. Almost, yeah, three or four. Do you go back to the hospital every now and then to visit some of the kids? Every two months for um, for blood work. That's wonderful. Do the nurses still remember you? Yeah, the nurses love me. Are you the, are you the mayor? <laughs> You're like the mayor of the floor. I can, I can pretty much see that happening. <laughs> so, I mean... Go ahead, oh, sorry, Matthew. I just wanted to jump in and have CJ maybe tell us a little bit more about what it was like to be chosen for Hyundai Hope on Wheels with all those other candidates. How did that happen? Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, actually, um, one of the people from Joe DiMaggio told me that I should really apply for being the Hope on Wheels National Youth Ambassador. And um, 
was, and uh, with my fa- me and my family, we talked it over, and my siblings, and we decided it would be a good idea. So my mom sent in my application, and here I am now. So, yes. A star. Did they let you drive the car yet? You don't have to answer that on the air. <laughs> I wish. Yep. Well, that's pretty amazing. So so basically, Hyundai Hope on Wheels uh, is associated with Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital in Hollywood, Florida. And one of your nurses was made aware that they're doing uh, this special program where they're trying to find uh, a child who's benefited from their helping the hospital. Is that how that worked? Yes. Very cool. To, yeah, just to represent um, Hyundai, and I almost have a tie to the mission that shows that um, there's a kid that went through this. So what so, is it like for you when you travel around the country for Hyundai? Can you sort of let us in on one or two of your experiences of what that's been like? It's been awesome for me. I really love it. I love seeing all the different places. and um, I've been to New York and California, and I've loved them both. And um, I like visiting other children in the different hospitals and seeing how this is not just in South Florida. This is everywhere. So where have you been recently? Um, My uh, last trip was New York, and before that I went to California. Was this your first trip to New York? Yes. What did you think? It was awesome. I loved it. This place is crazy. We're here in New York. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It really is, but I like it. And where would you go in California? Um, I think it was Orange County. Okay, so you went to Children's Hospital Orange County. Yes. That's fantastic. Our we're a nonprofit organization that produces this show, and we have a board of directors, and the the president of the board of directors is a doctor that you probably met him. His name is uh, Dr. Sender. Maybe I did. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very cool. He'll be on the show a little later. That's really amazing. Awesome. So what what's your message? What do you I mean you're telling this amazing story, but what is it you think people uh take away from when they see you up there talking? Well, I just want them to take away that there is hope for cancer and that it is possible to to beat the disease. Right on, brother. Right on, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. So so what what are your plans now? You're going to go to going to go to high school soon? Yeah, I have um some more I have um I'm going to be the National Youth Ambassador for two years, and I'm going to travel around the country, and I can't wait. And, yeah. So you're 13 now. You can have a Facebook page. (laughs) Yeah, officially, but I don't think my mom will let me. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we have to ask ask the all-important question of what does CJ stand for? Right. What does CJ stand for? Christopher Thomas George, Jr. Wow. That's a lot of syllables. Gesundheit. (laughs) And, Very uh, official sounding. Yes, and you have three siblings. That's four. Well, you're one of four, right? Yes. Right. That's pretty amazing. So, every, all, so is your family involved in this at all? Are they traveling with you? Yeah, my family travels with me everywhere. And they're very supportive, which I really like, and they pray for me, and um, always help me practice my speeches or whatever it is that I'm doing. That's really amazing. That's really amazing. So you 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 mentioned before that a couple of the uh, the children at the hospital didn't make it. Yeah. It, that's it's incredibly sad, but it's 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 unfortunately something that really happens. Um, how uh, have have people come to you um, who have lost a, a friend, or when you go back to the cancer centers to visit, uh, is that something you still experience? Yes, yeah, so I I see their parents a lot, and it's really sad because. 
I feel like I made it and they didn't, and it's uh, sad to see their parents, but um, it was kids that I was very close with, and I still miss them. Well, they call it Hope on Wheels for a reason. Um, yeah. CJ, we have somebody here in the studio. Uh, she's a friend of the show. Her name is Thea, and uh, she was diagnosed with cancer at 16 years old, and you'll be 16 in three years, but I think that'd be... Thea, do you want to weigh in on what it was like to be a high school student with uh, going through cancer? Absolutely. Yeah. Hi, CJ. It's nice to meet you. Over the nice airwaves, that is. <laughs> it's nice to meet you, too. I got diagnosed the summer between my sophomore and junior year of high school, and I was coming back to my junior year and um, was still bald and wearing wigs. And it was the first time that I felt very different because during the summer break, I was in this protective bubble of hospital visits and chemotherapy and treatment and love, and it was safe. And going back into the high school environment, uh, you know, with 2,000 other students, um, I was the girl with cancer all of a sudden. And that transition was interesting and also hard at the same time because it was the first time that I looked different than everybody else. So I'm sure your friends at the hospital looked a lot like you. So going into, you know, a public environment where there's lots of people that don't look like you, that's when you look different. You're the odd one out. Yeah, I've experienced that too. Yeah. Yeah. You sound like a pretty cool kid. It's a pleasure to meet you, and good luck with all your traveling this next few years. Thank you so much. It's nice to meet you too. CJ, do you want to talk a little bit about what it was like for your schoolmates and your classmates when you were going through chemo? Well, I was actually homeschooled, but I had a bunch of friends, and it's funny now because most of my friends are older, which is, um, but my friends are very supportive through the whole thing. And um, I'm very thankful for them. That's really wonderful. But listening to CJ, I think most of his friends are in his 40s. <laughs> <laughs> CJ, next time you're in New York, you have to come hang out with us, okay? Yeah, you have to come back to New York now. Yeah, I would love that. That would be awesome. You can do the best cupcakes in Manhattan, I guarantee you. <laughs> I was going to ask you, um, do your doctors have you on any kind of specific diet? Um, no, they don't. Um, I was taking medicine um, for a while after I was on treatment, but they kind of um, leaned me off of it, so I'm thankful for that. That's good. So donuts and cookies all day, right, Mom? <laughs> no, my mom <laughs> wouldn't let me do that either. <laughs> <laughs> so when you go back to the hospital every two months, what do they do, mostly blood work? Yeah, I have um, blood tests and a physical test and... um and they just uh, te- um, like um, ask me how I'm feeling and make sure everything's okay, and then I'm on my way. Are you taking any medicines anymore? Not anymore. That's fantastic. That's awesome. So you're playing hockey all day now, every day, right? Yeah, almost. I was Is that your favorite sport? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. It's the best sport ever. So that's a hard, that hard sport to master, though. Yes. Yeah, but that's what I liked about it. It um, made me try very hard and get better and really work at it. Cool. That's really amazing. So do you, do you, do you any if there's someone on the other team that you don't like, do you, do you slam them into the wall as hard as possible? No, no. No, I'm not that mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're so proud of you. This is a really amazing story, and, and you are clearly worthy of of being the, uh, the, the Hope on Wheels ambassador for two years. It's really an extraordinary story, and we can't thank you enough for for calling into the show, we wish you only the best. And uh, if you, uh, if you, uh, we'll, we'll get your address and we'll send you a T-shirt. How do you like that? 
That would be awesome. Thank you so much. Definitely. We'll get your address. We'll ship you a T-shirt and a couple of fun, awesome things for you to to show around uh, your family, your friends, and when you travel the country, you're like a little rock star. Awesome. I really appreciate that. I've got I've got to ask CJ one more question since we're in the middle of the uh, playoffs here, ice hockey. Are you rooting for our Rangers, CJ? Um. Well, I was going for the Panthers, but they got eliminated, and um. Now, yeah, I'd have to say I'm going for the Rangers for sure. That's the right answer. That's the right answer. Yeah. Even though I don't yeah. play sports, I'm ready for the Rangers. Yeah, I think it would be really great to see it um, come between the Rangers and the Kings. I'd really like to see that. Fantastic. All right. The kid knows his stuff. Little does Matt <laughs> know he's rooting for the Texas Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> CJ, we wish you only the best. Uh, good health. Good luck. Um, you're, you're a brilliant young kid. You have the whole your whole life ahead of you. Thank you so much for doing what you're doing, and and keep on keeping on. Thank you so much. All God right, C.J. George, everyone. <laughs> Extraordinary. Thank you. Kids today. Bye, C.J. It's amazing. All right, let's let's uh, hit up the news here. Hello, I'm Kent Brockman, and this is I on Cancer. Just the facts, ma'am. I'm really blown away. Smart kid. Yeah, he should work for us. Yeah. <laughs> what, labor laws? <laughs> all right, head on over to events.stupidcancer.com, your one-stop shop calendar for all of our social and educational events nationwide. Stay in the loop, because something could be happening in your neck of the woods, and we certainly do not want you missing out on it. And we've got Stupid Cancer events coming up in... Thursday, May 17th, we have the We Spark Young Adult Group out in L.A. Uh, the weekend of Saturday and Sunday, May 19th and 20th, we have the Beautiful People's Club Fundraiser, which is benefiting our lovely organization as well as Drumstrong. I can't talk tonight. Drumstrong. You have Matt's Dan- I do. Drumstrong down in North Carolina, which is a, another great organization and event. And that's it. All right, presenting the Cancer Card brought to you by Stupid Cancer. Yes, it's an actual plastic credit card and accompanying keychain fob because it's time to cash in all those pity chips and milk your diagnosis for all it's worth. Why? Because why not? Play your Cancer Card. You'll be glad you did. After all, you've earned it. Survivor's Rule, $14.99 for a 10-pack order today. And send us your photos. Playthecard.org. All right, the Stupid Cancer Forums have over 2,500 members. This is your premier online community to connect with survivors, patients, parents, and caregivers just like you. Visit stupidcancerforums.com. Sign up with a one-click through Facebook. We've got one month left before the sixth annual Stupid Cancer Ungala here in New York City on June 7th at the Taj Lounge in Chelsea. $75 open bar, $25 cash bar. Can't make it? Make a donation at stupidcancerungala.com. Attention, Tri-State Area, come on, come on for our epic annual club night of dancing raffles on the raw power of the stupid cancer movement we will be giving away macbook airs and ipads as part of a silent auction in case you didn't want to come because it's just cool and that is your stupid cancer news Alrighty, time to introduce our main guests for the evening all right you're up kenny all right, Dr. Leonard Sender is medical director of the Hyundai Cancer Institute and division chief of pediatric oncology for pediatric subspecialty faculty at Shock Children's Hospital in Orange, California. Furthermore, he is medical director of clinical operations and program development and director of young adult cancer program at UC Irvine Medical Center's Chow Family Con- Comprehensive Cancer Center. I knew I was going to mess that up. 
Mr. Overachiever, Dr. Leonard Sender. And Zafar Brooks is the Director of General Affairs at Hyundai Motor America, overseeing government relations, corporate responsibility, and diversity inclusion. He manages daily operations for Hyundai Hope on Wheels, leading a, a dealer member board of directors, and working closely with a medical advisory committee and leading pediatric oncologist. Please welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, Zafar Brooks and Leonard Sender. Hi, Gentlemen. Hi there. Welcome. Hi there. Good evening and welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show. Thank you. Thanks very much. You you picked a really smart kid. (laughs) (laughs) Safar always seems to do it. The last three have been just extraordinary young young people. And I think the new one, as you've just seen, is, is amazing. So, yeah, uh, we, so, yeah, well, we wa- have 13 year olds that have a larger vocabulary than we do. <laughs> Gets a little, little shaky. He's our new host. Yes, we'll make him read Lenny's bio next time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's start with Zafar because I mean Zafar, we met many many years ago through through Dr. Sender, of course. Yes. And I'm a huge fan of what you guys do. And I'm a former agency guy, and I live and breathe corporate responsibility. Can you and, and you and interesting uh, Kenny? You don't know this, but Zafar was at Volkswagen before he was at the Hyundai. Very cool. Yep. And uh, we now are BFFs with Volkswagen. But uh, talk us through how does one become director of corporate social responsibility for a a, a global automotive brand, and what does that really mean? Well, thanks, Matt, for having us on, and uh, it's good to connect back with you again. It's been far too long since we had a chance to chat, and we really do appreciate you allowing us to talk a little bit tonight about the work we're doing at Hyundai and the partnership we have with our dealers in this effort to help kids with cancer. Uh, in terms of the, the job I have, uh, it, it's a great job. I got, I, I think, the best job in the company, so I'm going to keep that a secret between us, right, so we don't get a lot of people <laughs> wanting to apply for it. So hopefully not too many people are listening to this tonight. But anyway, uh, I uh, certainly have spent about the last 27 years of my career in the auto industry. And in that career, I've had a range of experiences. You mentioned uh, formerly I worked for VW and before that for Ford Motor Company. But I've had the great pleasure to be here at Hyundai for the last seven years. Uh, and in that, uh, in that time, as our company has grown, and we've always been a company that's been committed to giving back to the communities in which we live and do business, I was asked to uh, to help you know head up this activity of government relations and corporate responsibility back in 2006, uh, and of course our signature program, the Hyundai Hyundai Hope on Wheels effort, which was an effort uh, to help kids fight cancer. And so I was excited about this new challenge and working with uh, a great group of dealer partners as well as great doctors like Dr. Sender, uh, we've been able to uh, move the conversation forward a bit around our commitment to this issue of childhood cancer. And we've been able to raise just a little bit of money along the way as well. A little bit. A little bit. Is it a hundred billion dollars like <laughs> Doctor Evil? Yeah. Well, we're not quite we're not quite there, but I'm really proud of our dealer partners and of course our customers. Every time we sell a new Hyundai, our dealers donate to the Hyundai Hope on Wheels program, and the company matches it. But this year we will surpass 57 million since we started uh, our involvement with this cause in 1998. So it has. Second applause. Yeah. 57 million. Yes, sir. And it all went to pay for Lenny's kids' college education. <laughs> you know, you know, she's in New York, Matt. College is expensive. <laughs> well, I think you know it. You know, so far, sort of just told you a little bit. I, I think you know he's really modest about what's happened. I think Hyundai Open Wheels and the Hyundai dealers have done something extraordinary. It just 
amazing to me to think about how a car company can turn around and donate this much money to pediatric cancer and clearly have changed the conversation. And it's not just about the kids who have cancers. It's about the survivors of the kids who have cancers as well. Many of the grants that have been given have gone to survivorship programs, long-term follow-up programs, uh, looking at some of the AYA, palliative care, uh, just an amazing amount of work that's been done. And, you know, this year, as Safar just said, you know, we've gone from 43 million maybe to 57 million. That's just mind-boggling. And obviously, it will keep people in the field uh, doing pediatric oncology. It will encourage them to do research. And, you know, many of you heard me talk before, we'll never cure cancers until we put enough money into into research to really understand what's causing these kids from dying of cancer. And, you know, Hyundai's been amazing. One of the things I just want to mention, because I think, you know, Safar is modest. He, you know, we, we've received many awards as the Hope on Wheels program, but Safar recently got a 2012 CRS, C, CSR award from the CSR Pros, uh, which is a public relations uh, for the work he's done because he really has created a national awareness. And if some of you in September have seen some of the ads that Hyundai put on, which raised an amazing awareness that kids have cancer, uh, he did a um, – I know we just did a stupid cancer cross-country uh, tour with a car, but he did a Hyundai fuel cell electric vehicle uh, 28-day cross-country and brought one of the first uh, you know, hydrogen cars in America and took it around. And I want to really congratulate him on his new award, which oh, I think is well-deserved. Did you thank eat at Denny's every night so far? <laughs> well, uh, we ate at a fair number of fast food places, and we'll just say that uh, I, I came back a little larger than I left. So, uh, <laughs> I know how that goes, Zafar. <laughs> Zafar, hi. Zafar, oh, hi. This is Lisa Bernhard, Matthew's co-host. I'm calling in uh, remotely, actually, tonight. But hi, um, tell us – hi hi there. We, uh, we of course, we know Lenny so well and, and uh, everything that he's accomplished and, and all the wonderful things that he does as our board chair, but – uh, talk us through how you two originally uh, connected and began working together. J Day. Well, it's uh, <laughs> it's a uh, it's a, it's actually a great story. I'll try to keep it as quickly as I can. But it was pure serendipity. We, uh, uh, as I mentioned in, in late 2006, I was uh, at the time running our Western Region Sales uh, Group and had been offered the opportunity to come back to the corporate side and do the corporate responsibility and government relations. And at the time, we were we had uh, had our you know the Hope on Wheels program had been managed by an external agency partner, and as we were transitioning from partners, uh, I had been asked to uh, sort of help make sure that we we got all the grant checks cut uh, in time because we awarded the grants from the prior year, uh, and uh, I happened to get a phone call from Chalk because they were one of the grant winners, and uh, there was a woman named Erin Ball that worked over there. And uh, I said, you know, I'd love to know a little bit more about, you know, what you guys are doing with the money and how things are going. And she says, well, why don't you come out to Chalk? I'd love to have you meet with our chief oncologist because I think uh, I think you would uh, love to to sort of get a good sense of where the money's going and how things are happening. So sure enough, uh, I headed over to Chalk, and I remember it well. We went into a little small conference room, and Lenny Sender walks in, and he had on some uh, sort of blue glasses, like the Patch Adam glasses for the kids. Oh God. <laughs> and, 
and we sat there and we had this just amazing chat and I just remember just being just starstruck by this this brilliant man with the South African accent and his uh and his passion for the Wait, children an accent. And what he what he was doing and I just thought you know this is really important this is really good and so at Hyundai we sort of think about you know at least one of our our, our goals is to do good things so we we, we you know our CEO always talks about good things happens to people who do good things and we we certainly love to give back and so as I understood it you know it was more than just writing a check there was more than just sort of saying you know here's a check lots of luck it really was uh, a passion that Dr. Sender had that he shared with us about what was happening in this issue with respect to the children and how we as a company could lend our voice to this this uh, space so he was very kind with his time he certainly taught us uh, about the the issue and not long thereafter we created a medical advisory committee with Dr. Sender and Dr. Poplick out of Texas Children and Dr. Wexler out of Duke, uh, and together we, we really sort of rebirth, as well as with our dealer partners at the time, uh, rebirth uh, uh, this, this foundation to be a more sort of uh, deliberative body that was focusing on funding research grants that were finding cures. But it had been a great partnership. Up until then, we'd awarded about $7 million dollars. Uh, and I would say through uh, Dr. Sidney's uh, uh, encouragement and and uh, uh, and uh, advice, we uh, we in that four or five years since we started together, we will, as I said, surpass 57 million this year. So we we were able to raise a little bit of change along the way. <laughs> so so let's amazing. let's talk about this research then. What what kind yeah. of research? Because I mean, I, I know that there's translational research, that there's genomic research, there's basic research. What what what's going on these days in the pediatric world that's so imperative that is showing the most promise? Do you want me to take that? Yeah. Well, Zafar well, went to med school too, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> Hey, so far is our biggest champion. No, I think the first, first of all, let, let me tell you about the, the sort of the two classes of uh, grants that uh, Hyundai has been able to give out. And really, I think the belief that Hyundai has been about how do you fund innovation and how do you fund out-of-the-box thinking and how do you keep the next generation of pediatric oncologists in the field. So there's one grant that comes out that's sort of the Hope Scholar Award which is really for a junior faculty person at an institution, normally within the first seven years. And those funds are there to buy protected time so that a young faculty member can go on and do research, whether it be programmatic research, basic science, as you said, Matt, or translational science. Um, we didn't, we didn't uh, specify what they did, but what we wanted to do was give them an opportunity because in today's economic times, it's really hard to find the funds to take a, a clinician out of the clinic and say, you need to be doing some research. So the Hope Scholar Award have been for junior faculty and really just helping, helping them along, especially at the time. I think people don't realize, but the National Cancer Institute right now, its funding level is at the lowest it's been in probably the last 20 years. It's a 7% pay line. That means... A hundred people put in a grant, seven will get funded. That's very discouraging, especially for pediatrics, which gets the least amount of money anyway. So there was that first grant system. And then the the board and, and working with the dealers and so far in the company, 
the decision was, you know, we should be funding innovation and sort of seed money for a new idea that someone could think outside the box, outside of what they would get maybe funded from the National Cancer Institute. And the group created a second grant, which is a sort of an innovation. This is a peer-reviewed grant. This is one that is uh, you have to apply for. You're not guaranteed you're going to get it. But they were so generous with their funds that we really funded a tremendously high proportion of grants. At some point, it, you know, like this year, it could even be 50% of the grants that are, that are being submitted are going to be funded, which is unheard of to have that that potential what the requirements were, we would spread it out to any institution. It had to be an institution doing clinical research with the children's oncology group because that set a nice standard to say everyone was doing it. And, you know, this year we're going to, you know, evaluate. we in fact in the process of evaluating the grants now. And I've got to say that every year the grants have got better. The research has gone anything from survivorship exercise, which is what we're looking at now, to the most basic science looking at some of these tumors. But I think it's across the spectrum. The basic goal of everyone doing this work is how do we cure more kids with less toxicity? How do we, number one, increase the number of kids surviving? And as we know in stupid cancer, it's not just about the cure. It's really about the survivorship. What harm have we done to these kids? And how do we mitigate against the, that harm? And how do we come up with new, innovative ways of doing it? And I really, truly, honestly, you know, it's so impressed with Hyundai because the funds they're putting in are allowing institutions to start looking at this research, whether it be a program and looking at survivorship and how to improve the survivors of pediatric cancer as they become young adults and sort of join stupid cancer. How, is it about the new basic biology of the, of the tumor so that we can change our thinking and we can come up with new drugs? And this has all been funded by Hyundai and, you know, it, it really is just mind-boggling that, that that work is going on. And, again, this is a significant amount. This year they increased the amount that they're giving from $100,000 to $250,000. And that's, that is dramatic at a time when people are struggling for money. So, um, really, they're doing a beautiful job. And, and we're really bringing in a whole group of new people. And, and Hyundai is getting seen now as a place where you go for funding. And I think, you know, yeah. I would just uh, build on with what Dr. Sender said. In the two categories of grant, the Hyundai Scholars Award, the grant is a $75,000 Young Investigator Award. It was averaging 40000 before, and we increased it this year to $75,000. Uh, and for the Hyundai Hope Award, which is a competitive peer review award, and we will present those awards in the month of September, National Childhood Cancer Month. Uh, we expect to award about 40 of those awards, and they are $250,000 each. Uh, and Dr. Sinder did a, be a beautiful job of explaining to you the two categories and why uh, we've invested in those two categories. On the recommendation and advice of he and his peers, uh, we helped to design that. But we're also really honored, we're really excited about the biggest single award we've ever made in the history of our program. Uh, together with our dealer partners at Hyundai Hope on Wheels and, of course, our parent company, uh, Hyundai Motor America, uh, last year, we were very honored to present to Dr. Leonard Sender and the Children's Hospital of Orange County a $10 million research grant that will go over five years for Dr. Sender to pursue uh, some very innovative work in genomics medicine and personalized medicines through DNA research. So uh, he's certainly more articulate than I to explain his work and what uh, his research will be. 
uh, but we just uh, had a board meeting and we had a chance on the one-year anniversary of the uh, of the of the grant uh, to get a progress report. And I just must tell you, we are all excited about the direction his work is going and the promise his work will have uh, around addressing this issue. So certainly on behalf of Hyundai and, and all of our 800-plus dealers that are invested in this project, we congratulate Dr. Sender for his work uh, because we think he is very much on the cutting edge of something important uh, with respect to this field. Well said. Yes, Safar, so explain to us again, going back to how the original group of, of New England Hyundai dealers formed this and how the average consumer who buys a Hyundai contributes to yeah, this brand. Good question. So it started in 1998, and, and like many things, it started as a local act of kindness. Uh, we, we uh, in any given uh, dealership or any given city in America on an average day, uh, our dealers were very proud of this partnership. They give back. They do things to make their communities better. Everything from funding Little League baseball teams to, you know, giving away bicycles for good and good grades in association uh, with the school districts. Well, in this particular case, in 1998, a gentleman called Tom O'Brien, who is now a retired Hyundai dealer and a very dear friend, uh, Tom uh, O'Brien uh, uh, approached the local Hyundai region office uh, and said, we'd like to support the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. They're doing a fundraiser, and we'd like to support them. And uh, as I'm told back then, the program was strike out for cancer. And the issue was whenever the, the, the White Sox would, uh, would have a home game and, and they would strike out an opposing team, the, the local dealers in the company would, would contribute $50 to the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. That program went for a couple of years and grew, and and then you know some of the, as as these things happen, some someone said at, at a time you know kids get cancer also outside of Boston. Why don't we find a way to send some of those funds into other cities? And so the idea of Hope on Wheels was begun. And so in 2003, we made our first awards to a few hospitals outside the Boston area after having done this for three or four years. And then by 2006, when I came along. Uh, with the with the group that was was here, we incorporated as a not for profit. We uh, certainly trademarked the logo Hyundai Hope on Wheels, and then we sort of created a, a more structured grant process, as Dr. Sender described, in terms of the two categories of the grants. Now our customers are a part of this uh, a part of this journey we take because with the sale of every new Hyundai, <clears throat> the dealers contribute uh, an amount of money back to uh, the, the the Hope on Wheels Foundation. And then Hyundai Motor America matches it with the cash contribution. And so as Dr. Sender said, this year alone, uh, we uh, would expect that we will raise about, uh, about $14 million from the sales of our cars and trucks, and then we have pledged to donate that money directly to Hyundai Hope on Wheels. So it, it goes directly into the Hope on Wheels program, and then it is allocated uh, to the hospitals across the country based on the programs that Dr. Sender described. Let me ask you a quick question here. Um, obviously, th this comes up a lot more now than it used to, but um, th we're obviously uh, all of these um, amazing strides in research are, are, are tangibly producing uh, better outcomes for, for thousands of children every year. Uh, is there any research going into the cause of these cancers, or is the research largely on the, the treatment of the cancers? Well, I think that's uh, in part, and I'll, I'll defer to Dr. Sender, but I think that's in part the vision of the, 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 the genomics medicine work that, that we're going to be doing over at the Children's Hospital of Orange County 
as a part of the Hyundai Cancer Institute Research Project, which uh, which is very promising and is looking uh, into that area, Matt, as you uh, as you just described. So, Dr. Cinder, you want to talk a little bit sure. about that? Yeah, I think you know the the reality is that unlike in adult medicine, we really don't understand why the majority of young people, including young adults, get cancer. It it's some of them, about 10% are truly genetically based cancers. They may have syndromics and they may have you know, some predisposition to getting cancer. But the majority of the time, we don't understand why these kids get cancer, which makes it very hard. You can't screen for something you don't know. Screening for a very rare cancer is not financially worthwhile. And even if we did uh, screen, we wouldn't know what to screen for. So that's been the big problem in pediatrics. Now, we are looking at the Hyundai Cancer Institute at, at one particular uh, type of cancer that is inherited called the Lee-Fromaney syndrome, described by Dr. Lena, Dr. Fromaney. And basically, it involves a gene called the P53 gene. These kids who inherit this abnormality are, are, will have a 90% chance that they're going to get cancer in their lifetime. And it's sort of like they're walking around with a hand grenade and someone's already pulled the trigger. And it is devastating for these families to be walking around. They know their kid's going to get cancer. If they've had one kid who's had cancer, they know the second kid may have a great chance of having cancer. If they've survived one cancer, they've got a second cancer coming. We're doing some very interesting work with many of the schools at the University of California, Irvine, looking at the most innovative ways to see whether we can turn the gene on. So it turns out that P53 gets turned off. And when it gets turned off, it's called a tumor suppressor. It, when it's turned off, it means cancer occurs. Can you therefore turn the gene back on? And we're working with some very innovative people to really try and monitor and see how we can do that. So that's one aspect of what we're doing. But I think most of what we're doing is, for the first time, trying to understand, if you will, if you imagine the cars driving and, you know, the old click-and-clack method of, of uh, mechanics, you know, you listen for the sound and say, oh, well, I think that's in the uh, suspension. We're actually now opening the car hood and we're putting, connecting it to a computer and we say, you know what, let's look at the microprocessors. Let's see what's really driving these cancers. And I think there's a tremendous amount of great science being done. We're doing it at Under Cancer Institute. Great other institutions are starting to do it. This no, new field of, for the first time, really opening the hood trying to understand exactly why those cells are causing cancer. If you think about a cancer as an evolution of yourself, why are these kids having tumors that are growing? It's not because they were exposed to the sun excessively or to sort of fresh fruits and vegetables. That's why us as adults get cancers, because maybe we've had lifelong exposures to things in the environment. It is not necessarily that what's happening, kids. It's some understanding of predisposition and something new, and we've got to sort of figure it out. And what we've got to figure out is how to actually treat them without harming them. Right. As everyone knows in the young adult world, the survivors of pediatric cancer, survivors of young adult cancer, have many, many chronic medical conditions because their treatments are so aggressive that they lead to other problems. We cause heart and kidney and lung and other disease. We've got to learn how to kill the cancer cell without harming the normal person, which in this case is kids and young adults. Lenny, can you just talk us through um, some of the uh, basics in terms of current survival rates um, right now for pediatric cancers? 
Sure. So pediatric cancer, actually, the good news, as we always say, is about 80% of the pediatric cancer patients are cured. The bad news is 20% are still dying of this disease. When we look at classic pediatrics, which is really under 15 years of age, and then if you throw the AYA group, it makes it to 21, there are 12,000 approximate kids a year uh, who get cancer. And I think, so far, you can correct me, I watch 36 uh, new diagnoses a day. Well, well, we uh, yeah, about 36 a day. We yeah. say about every 36 minutes a child is diagnosed with cancer in this country. Right. So in reality, it's not. It's way too many, but it's not a lot. And one third of all the cancers we see in pediatrics are leukemia. So one third is leukemia, 20% is brain tumors, and about 20% make up lymphomas. And then about another 20 or 25 cancers make up the rest. And some of the cancers are really rare. So when we look at a liver tumor called a paraplastoma, there are only 150 kids in the country a year. And the eye tumor, one called retinoblastoma, there are 250. Neuroblastoma, there are 600, which is part of our problem in pediatrics. There are not a lot of cases, which is great, but if you don't have a lot of cases, it's hard to do studies. That's why the Children's Oncology Group came about, because we needed to collectively take everyone. If there was a kid at Columbia or kid at NYU or kid in Orange County, we wanted to make sure these, these patients were all treated the same way, and we wanted to collectively put our wisdom, wisdom together to say, can we cure them collectively? But our survival is good in certain cancers. So the medulloblastoma tumor that, that Matt, you had, that tumor today, we're curing about 70% of the time, 75% of the time. We're getting smarter at it, and we're doing less aggressive therapy, so we're not harming people. But in reality, it's still 25% of dying. But there are some brain tumors we've made no advances. Some of the gliomas, some of those we're still in the 20%, 17% cure rate. Some of the tumors of uh, sarcomas, we haven't made an advance. One of the tumors called Ewing sarcoma, We've not made an advance. I think, you know, we, we at Stupid Cancer like to say, you know, things haven't got better since Elvis died. And to some extent, for some of the metastatic Ewing sarcoma, that's really true. Since Elvis died to now, we think we've got the same survival rate. That's, that's terrible. So there are, what happens is that the more common cancer we cure in more frequently, which is leukemia, and that's why that 80% sounds really great. But there are many cancers in pediatrics that we still have not made that advance. Uh, but the research is coming up so fast. Uh, I mean, it's quite amazing. It's like, you know, as a researcher and a scientist, every day I open the journals, like being in a Toys R Us store, you know. <laughs> there's some fun stuff coming out. It's like, oh, my God, look what someone's doing. And there are already some brilliant people around the country who are doing work. And, again, obviously, Hyundai has been helping those. So in terms of, of um, I mean, obviously, Everything you said makes makes perfect sense, and it's really good for people to know that there actually has been significant progress by comparison to the 70s. Um, of the 20% of the children who are not doing so well in that in that group, is is that 20% still at all a little better in terms of the quality of their life? Is 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 the um, the way the cancer treatment centers uh, are dealing with? the unique needs of children, are they at least getting stewarded through a better psychosocial process through the balance of their time? 
Um, yes, I absolutely. Uh, I know that for a fact that that's better. We we have so unlike in the adult world, post pediatric cancer programs have psychologists and have social workers and have support teams, and now we've all developed long term survivor clinics, and we're looking at palliative care and others. So. I think that the care of the kids and the quality of the life has got better. You know, just some of the anti-nausea medication has made a tremendous difference. You know, I'm, I'm getting to be an old man now, but in my early career, the kids would be throwing up all the time. Now we have kids eating through their chemo because some of the new anti-emetics. So things have got a lot better, but, you know, it's still, I can't think of anything worse for these families. I don't think we all understand what it's like to spend months and months and months in the hospital. And some of the leukemia therapies and sarcoma therapies keep these kids in the hospital for such a long time. It is really so hard on a family to go through cancer therapy. It, it is not just the child. It's what it does to the parents, to the other siblings, to the grandparents. You know, I think there's that statement that takes a village, you know, you know, a yeah. lot of people to do things. In cancer medicine, it really does take a lot of people to do it. We are better than we've ever been. Now, one of the cool things that Hyundai did recently, maybe you can talk about this. When we were in Hawaii so far, we, you, you launched the uh, what are the hotspots, yeah. the Hyundai yeah. spot. You know, so Hyundai is doing other things besides just giving cancer, you know, giving us money for research. They are trying to help other hospitals with trying to come out with sort of creature comforts, if you will, and maybe you want to just talk about what, because I thought it was a very cool program of what you were trying to do to make life a little better yeah. for the people in the hospital. Well, the Hyundai Hotspot really was uh, a brainchild of our most recent youth ambassador, Brianna Comerford. Uh, I also just want to comment, you all commented on C.J. George, and he is absolutely fantastic. Uh, his family, Don, his mother, his father, Chris, uh, and his brothers and sisters are just really amazing, wonderful people, and we are just blessed and proud to be associated with them over the next couple of years. But immediately preceding the CJ was a young lady named Brianna Comerford out of New Jersey. She, too, is a 14-year-old cancer survivor, uh, and she was with us over the last couple of years. And as we sort of ended her tour, she, she and we visited quite a number of hospitals, she said, you know, there's a lot of activities at the hospital when you're one of the younger children uh, because... There's playrooms and crayons and, and Legos and all those sorts of things. But when you're the 13, 14, 15-year-old kid who's missing soccer, missing cheerleading, who's missing high school, it, it really is a lonely place. And, and so uh, she made a recommendation we considered to create an environment in the, uh, in the institution for the teens, and we're calling it the Hyundai Hotspot. And the idea of the Hotspot is in addition to making the research grant for, uh, for the doctors, uh, for selected hospitals, and you'll be pleased to know we're starting in the Northeast, so uh, hospitals in the Northeast that want a grant from us this year will also get an additional $10,000 grant for basically an electronics package to create a teen, uh, a sort of a teen recreation center. And that might be plasma TVs, that might be Guitar Hero, or PlayStation 2, or uh, iPads, or, or, uh, or video games things that maybe will help uh, along the way in the journey. And I also want to give a, a little shout-out. Yesterday I was at an event, or uh, Thursday, I was at the Asphalt Conference in New Orleans, and we happened to be sitting just purely serendipity in a booth next to a group called the Hope Lab, and they gave us 1,000 video games that we're going to provide to the kids that uh, also it's called a remission, and it helps kids who are going through chronic illness and cancer understand the disease through video game play. 
And so we're going to use those video games uh, as a part of uh, these hotspot uh, uh, recreation spots for the kids in the, in the hospital. You know, as Dr. Sender said, and I've spent the last four or five years now getting to know families and visiting hospitals, you know, cancer is an awful disease. And it's a disease that not only affects the child, but the entire extended family. And so we understand that the research is one element of it because we want to cure this thing and we want to get this thing, you know, off the road of the lives of these children. But along that journey, if there's a way we can make their lives just a little bit better uh, through this hotspot concept, we hope to uh, offer just a little bit more uh, uh, of, 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 a, of a place that they can, uh, can feel like just being a kid. So we're pretty pleased with that and we're excited. Uh, we kicked off our first one in Hawaii and uh, we are now moving to the northeast and this year our plan is to uh, allocate uh, about 10 of those hotspots to institutions in the northeast this year. Well, That's great. We just, uh, I was just going to say, Matthew, we should send people to the website. I just posted it in our live chat room. It's uh, HyundaiHopeOnWheels.org. Yes. And uh, you've got a ton of information on there, including Dr. Leonard Sender in a fine photograph and bio on your medical advisory committee there. And it looks like you've got some activities coming up uh, the end of this month in uh, Boise, Idaho, St. Luke's Children's Hospital, Seattle Children's Hospital, UC Davis, right, into uh, Dell Children's Hospital in Austin, Texas in uh, mid-June. Right. We're going to do 41 scholar grants this year, and as I said, maybe 42 or so uh, Hope Grants in September, and we post them on our website uh, before we, we go to do the ceremony. And our ceremony is called a handprint ceremony, and, and per perhaps not unlike some other foundations, we, our handprint ceremony is a very sort of, uh, uh, is very sort of iconic part of our story where we, we uh, invite the children who have cancer to put their hands in some paint, uh, and they can then put their hands uh, in a brand-new white Hyundai vehicle to, to signify their solidarity to to this issue and to this cause. Uh, our handprints are green, red, and blue. The three little handprints are in our logo, and they signify those kids who have won their battles with cancer, those kids who continue to battle cancer, and of course, sadly, those kids for whom uh, did not uh, su survive their battles. And it reminds us every day why we fight and why we work. So if you ever see those Hyundai cars riding around with those handprints, someone asked me one time, was that just sort of some sort of a marketing ploy? And we said, well, no, it's not. Those are real children with real stories and real families, and it reminds us every day why we work for this issue. So I'm very proud of our dealer partners because they're committed to this. I'm proud of our agency partner, by the way, Fenn Partners out of New York, that helps us administer the program. And, of course, the doctors like Dr. Sender and others who uh, really volunteer their time to be a part of this committee uh, and be a part of this foundation. So uh, thank you for allowing us to tell a little bit of our story today. Now, Zafar, I have one last quick question because we're going to wrap in a second. Yes, Obviously, there, there's a tremendous degree of social good that Hyundai is doing because of this, but it is clearly increasing your brand's visibility around the country. Have, have you been able to, or, or is it even, you know, it doesn't matter, have, but have you been able to correlate an uptick in, in brand loyalty or sales or, or, or people either switching to Hyundai or continuing to own Hyundais based on this, or are they completely unrelated? You know, Matt, it's a very good question, and it's a, it's a fair question to ask. Uh, I would say the short answer is it's, a, it's, a, it's an extraordinarily difficult correlation to, to attempt to make. Uh, we are committed to this work in part, uh, as I said, because it, it is a value of our company. It's, a, it's at our core value. Our parent company uh, has a core value in corporate giving and, and uh, under the umbrella of moving the world together. If you want to learn more about that, you can 
sort of Google that on Hyundai and learn that we, we, we do this really from emanating from our parent company. And then right here in the USA, uh, led by our leadership of our president and CEO, John Kraftcheck, and our chief executive coordinator, uh, Mr. B.H. Lee, uh, you know, it's just one of our core values, and it is the right thing to do. So we've made a commitment, we've made a pledge that we will never sell cars on the back of sick children. We never advertise because we're doing Hope on Wheels, you can give money for kids. We, we don't connect this to our core business at all. Uh, obviously, we believe that uh, good brands do good things, and it, and it has an impact on brand reputation. Uh, and certainly it has an impact on uh, owner loyalty of the brand. There is some research that says 90% of people say they would prefer to do business, all things being equal, price, value, quality, they would prefer to do business with organizations that were also doing good things. I don't think the public much, much uh, holds against you what you choose to support, from environment to education to any number of things, but so long as you are uh, showing a sense of corporate responsibility. And so we are committed to it because it's the right thing to do. Uh, yes, it definitely has an impact on brand reputation, but it, it would be an extraordinarily difficult correlation to tie it back to core sales. Uh, at Hyundai, our sort of corporate, uh, as I said, social responsibility motto sort of flies under the umbrella of doing good things together. And so we do that through childhood education or childhood health issues, education, the environment, and being a community good neighbor by giving back uh, and volunteering. And so uh, it is just at our core, core value of who we are as an organization, both we and our dealer partners together. Right, because I, I honestly don't care that you help kids. All I want is I want a Tucson with a turbo. Please put the turbo in the Tucson. What's going on with that? Tell John I want the turbo in the Tucson. <laughs> Man, I, I know somebody. We'll see if we can work something okay. out for you. That's all I want. Okay. I, will sw I, I drive a Kia, which is half as good, but I want the Tucson on the turbo. Okay. Okay. Uh, but, you know, in, 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 you know we're going to wrap now, but I can't thank you guys enough. This is you know this has been a show waiting to happen for a couple of years now, and I, I've seen firsthand, first in meeting you many, many years ago, how the Hope on Wheels has impacted uh, Lenny's Hospital and all the donations that are going around, and especially what happened, um, you know, uh, there's such an uptick now in quality of life, and at least for me, managing a brand like Stupid Cancer with Lenny as our chairperson, we're seeing so many long-term childhood survivors coming out of their teens into their 20s to join our global community. And they're looking at all the progress that's being made thanks to research like this, and they're saying, man, wouldn't that have been nice, but I'm so glad to see that it's different. So you guys are, are totally making uh, a huge dent. Um, and, and, I can, and thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Matt, thank you thank so you. much. May, may I give a quick shout-out, though, to our, to our board of directors? There are seven of them, and they, they really do a lot of work for us, and, uh, and they don't get paid for, for any of this. They are our dealer partners. Uh, uh, Gary McCullough is our chairman out of Everett, Washington. Uh, Mickey Pong is our vice chairman out of Carlsbad. Uh, Ken Vance is our secretary and treasurer uh, out of uh, uh, Wisconsin. Uh, Don Riley is in uh, Alexandria, Virginia. Scott Fink uh, in, uh, in uh, um, Florida, uh, Wesley Chapel, Florida. Uh, and Mark Garvey in, uh, in the Northeast in the New York area, as well as Congressman Mike Kelly, who was uh, recently elected to Congress, but he serves on our board as well. And Dave Zukowski, who's our Executive Vice President of Sales at Hyundai Motor America, is a board member. And Scott, Scott Stark out of Austin, Texas. 
uh, all of these good people, along with the Medical Advisory Committee of doctors across the country, really invest their time, and it's always about the kids first and foremost, and how can we uh, advance the mission of care and cure, and we are really proud of their association with us as well, as well as the George family, as I earlier mentioned. No, it was really great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Or, Excellent. That's a really great, show. great show. Thank you so much to Safar and uh, Lenny Sender, our board chair. Uh, terrific show, and uh, we really applaud all that you're doing at Hyundai. Well, thank and you I just want to do a shout-out for Matt. Matt, I believe you got a new award. We got a new honor today, and you got a new honor for us. Actually, you know, charity. it's funny. Zafar, Hyundai Hope on Wheels was one of the 100 picked by Mass General, and so was I. So we're two of the, oh. two of the 100. Uh, chosen to win the uh, from the 100 award for Mass General, so kudos to us. Hey, congratulations! To you. <laughs> congratulations, congratulations, Matt, for your great work. Likewise to you. Thank you so much, Lenny Sander and Safar Brooks. Good night, guys. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, they get the big applause. This is really epic stuff. Oh, really amazing. Fifty-seven million dollars. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. That's just, I mean, it's such a so, so crucial right now when funding, government funding, is is as Lenny was talking about, is um, unfortunately at at a low and and from some of the major um, nonprofit institutions. So it's really crucial for corporations to be doing what Hyundai is doing. It's it's just terrific. Say, was it good for you? Awesome. You enjoyed the show? Yeah, it was great mm-hmm. being here. It's really cool that you were here for CJ. You know, he's 13 now. I'm sure he's he might get some some. I can I can curse now because the show's over. He, he might get some shit in high school, but he'll be so far beyond that at that point that it, he probably will be fine. It's amazing. But you got a lot of shit in high school. Yeah, I was a girl. Yeah, ball-headed girl. Right, right. Terrible. Yeah, and then you lose friends too, which is the most bizarre concept ever. Right. They'd Le- rather just oh. not talk to you. Lisa, did you all. lose friends, or did you have friends to start? No, I didn't have any. So I actually, I went around and I, I used the cancer to try to gain friends. Okay. Yeah. Sympathy card. I was at, I was out of school already, um, so I was in my young adulthood post college. Okay. But you know what? But I no, I, I definitely had some. You know, you think that every, that some people that you think might step up, and we've talked about this before, don't, and then others that you don't expect do. So it kind of is a wash. Right, because I was a college senior. I was 21. You'd think that by that age you're mature, but I lost friends and. I had I had friends blow smoke in my face. They were smoking and they blew smoke. Hey, cancer boy! Like yeah, really, it, really yeah. not okay. No. I didn't have it quite in my face, but I I had friends that continued to smoke sitting across me at a di- at a dinner table and thought, hmm, maybe this maybe the sensitivity chip isn't quite there <laughs> as I'm going through chemotherapy <laughs> and you're sensitivity smoking. Sensitivity chip, I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, Lisa, enjoy the boonies. We'll see you back here when we get back to New York. Get home safe. Get Excellent. home safe. No more alligator Thanks, crocodile guys. wrestling for you. I'll try to stay You're away. You're too precious to the brand. <laughs> All right, Matthew. Good night, guys. Thanks All right. So much. Good night, Lisa. Good night. Bye. All right. Now it's time for our closing sequence. Prepare to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, Internet. You ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, Magoo, you done it again. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. Okay, folks, that's tonight's show, our 225th broadcast. Seems like yesterday it was just starting. We hope you had as much fun talking to Stick and Stupid Cancer as we did. Okay, I'd like to thank Kenny Kane for stepping in for Lisa. Lisa, thanks for calling in. Thea Lynn Scott. Live in studio, great to have you here. C.J. George, Zafar Brooks, 
and Dr. Leonard Sender. What an epic show tonight. All right, join us next week, May 21st. We welcome back the friends from First Descent. Lisa Stepbaum, Goodman Goldstein, the Young Adult Cancer Advocate Director of Development at First Descent. The man, the myth, the legend, Brad Darrell Ludden. Young Adult Advocate Founder CEO of First Descent. And returning champion, Allie Ward. Young Adult Survivor of Ovarian Cancer, Chairman of the OMG Steering Committee, and Spokesperson for First Descent. It's going to be a great show. Do not miss it live Monday, next Monday at 8 p.m. If you've missed any of our past shows, download them all for free on iTunes at iTunes.stupidcancer.com. Check out the archives at stupidcancershow.com. Remember, folks, if it ain't stupid, it ain't cancer. Live from the chemo deck, on behalf of Lisa Bernhardt, myself, and the whole team here at the Stupid Cancer Show, we will see you all back here next week. Good night. And here we go.